So, so he's right. This is kind of the, you know, it, it is finished after today, right? We are at war, but, but we're never finished with our war. And that's what we really noticed on our mission trip is that um, whenever they stepped outside of, of their comfort zone, you'll hear this word a lot, um, you step onto a battlefield. And, and so um, um, there's not a lot of battles that are happening in comfort, but when you step outside of that comfort, uh, that's when it happens. And so you're going to hear some testimonies from, from some different kids and some leaders and some different things. Um, uh, but, but just to recap, so... so um, we went with an organization called Leader Treks, and so their complete design was, was really to help build leaders within your student ministry, and not just leaders for student ministry's sake, but leaders for, for the rest of their life, and it really urged them to step out into the front and, and to be, be a leader. And what we learned is you don't step out in front to be a leader. You start leading, and other people join suit. And so... Um, so I'm not going to talk about much, but I just want to tell you, there was 45 of us loaded up here early one Sunday morning a couple of weeks ago and headed to Kansas City. And when we got there, uh, we were on the Kansas City, Missouri side, and we worked in the Kansas City, Kansas side. And uh, uh, it's a little bit different there, right? Uh, you don't have to watch the news very long to realize that they're in a hard place. And they make the news more than they don't anymore. And so uh, we actually got to experience a few things along the way that where we go, this is, this is different. But what happened was we stepped out onto the front lines. And, and so I want you to hear from a few of them. So this is Carson. Now, a lot of you guys know Carson. He comes here on Sunday morning and you don't know his name. So now you know his name, right? <laughs> All right. So good morning. Uh, my name's Carson. And uh, this is my second mission trip that I went on. Um, so there was like three different groups that we had when we went on this one. And like I was part of the group that helped to build a ramp for this lady. Um, she had a ramp. It wasn't the most stable ramp I think you'd ever seen. So that's why they needed us to come in and uh, help her. So uh, she'd recently lost her husband. And, um, and she was taking care of somebody that was disabled. So we got to help her just in that way and it was just it just made you appreciate a lot of things in that moment because as i was sitting back there and chris was like announcing me i just i just now thought of the the moment when she came out there and she thanked us and she said i got to make forty dollars because she didn't had any opportunity to make any money and like bills and stuff and i was like man i was like how how, how grateful is that woman that she got to make forty dollars that's just kind of crazy to me but anyway on the first mission trip um, that I went on last year, it broke down a lot of walls that I had built up in my life. And this mission trip really got the building back process. It sped it up a whole lot and put me in the right direction in just a lot of ways. And first off, before I start getting into that, like, I just want to say, like, <laughs> I travel all over the place, Kentucky, Alabama, Indiana, I competition shoot, and there was a guy that like we were friends but we really didn't get to grow a lot because like we go to different schools and stuff but he really helped me this trip and uh, he goes to Pikeville I go to Pike Central I competition shoot and he plays basketball and in, the, in, a, in this world you think that those worlds can't combine but I assure you that God can make it work and I owe a lot to you Josh because you helped me a lot through that week and I just wanted to say thank you 
God just put that on my heart in between services. I didn't even know you were supposed to be here. And I just wanted to say thank you for that before I got into everything. And so, just straight up, I struggle um, God, just with compassion and just being compassionate to people. And after the first mission trip, I, I, it helped me a lot, but like I kind of picked and chosed who I was compassionate towards, and that's not good. Because like the more I realized everything this trip, you know, I'm so happy God doesn't look at me and say, no, Carson, not today. You don't deserve my compassion. You don't deserve my love. You don't deserve nothing. God doesn't do that, so why should I do that to other people? Why should I pick and choose who I'm nice to, who I'm compassionate towards? And compassion, I feel like a lot of times it's thrown around a little bit. And even before this trip, I prayed a lot. I said, God, I said, give me the definition of compassion. I said, because I know that's what you want me to work on this trip. I know it is. And so he didn't, the Holy Spirit didn't reveal it to me till the first day we got there. And the definition I got was kindness with a purpose. But it must be given with the intent of not receiving anything back. And I said, man, all right. That's, that's, my, that's my goal this week. That's what I got to do. And so, like, as we were building this ramp, I, I just grew up with working with tools like that, so I was pretty familiar with all of them. But a lot of kids, they hadn't really did anything like that before. So I was able to teach them, and then they were able to just teach others, and it was just a pretty awesome process to just see unfolding. A lot of these kids, they were uncomfortable, and they are like, I've never did this. And I was like, it's all right, we got this. But the funny thing was, is I was the most uncomfortable on that team. And they didn't realize, but they were helping me more than anything because they were showing compassion to me and they were able to just, just understand what I was trying to teach them. And that really just showed just so much for me. Because, yeah, I may have told them how to work a saw, how to use a drill. Like, does that really matter if they don't see Jesus in me? Does that really matter if they don't see that? It doesn't. And that's one thing that God revealed to me on this trip is just like all the things that we do in our life it doesn't matter how much we succeed at the end of the day do we really give him credit for it and do people really see Jesus in that that's the main point of everything and so it was just man I'm just I'm kind of speechless um, it was just and just awesome just to see just like I said everybody was like man Carson thank you for teaching me this thank you for teaching me that and it just at the end of the week, I just kind of broke down, and I just told everybody, I was like, thank you guys, because you all don't understand how much you've helped me in my life. Just be compassionate to everybody on that team, strictly because they were good to me first. And that allowed that to grow in me and to give it forward, and that's what we're supposed to do. See, sometimes it's, it's up to us to take the first step forward, to be compassionate to people and be kind to people. It's, 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 a, it's, it's, sometimes it's on us. And sometimes we have to do that. And that's what everybody on that team did to me, and they helped me so much and just really put me in the right direction and just on a lot of things. Thank you, God. My name is Riley, and this was my very first mission trip. And to be honest with you, I didn't know what to expect going on this trip. And so... Because of that, I decided to make the choice to go open, to be go with an open mind and an open heart to what God had for me. And I prayed countless amount of times before we left for the mission trip that Saturday morning. 
and I would tell God that I was going open. I would tell God I didn't want to miss anything, and I would pray that if there was anything that would hinder me from receiving what he had for me, I, pr- I would pray that he would either take it away from me or he wouldn't let anything hinder me. So I will tell you that God very much answered those prayers. And so I want you to think of a box real quick. You think of a closed box. You can't put anything in it. But if you take an open box, you can put however much of whatever you want in it. And I like to think of myself as that open box and that God was the one filling it. So this week, I had so much stuff being put in this box. God gave me some new revelations. We studied Daniel and Chris taught it, and it was mind-blowing some of the things he would say. I'm such a Bible nerd, so I thought all of it was so cool. And just the revelations God gave me, the things I learned about him, about the word was incredible. The Lord gave me some new friendships. I met so many new people. I didn't know half the people that went on this trip, but I made so many new friends and some great new people I met and grew some old friendships. So that was a real blessing there. The Lord gave me some new experiences in this box. I learned how to use a saw and do other other tools and uh, things in the kitchen. I got to have so many new experiences, things I'd never done before, and learned so much that way. And what was so cool is that the people on this trip were absolutely incredible. I couldn't have been more blessed to go with the group of people that I went with because everybody worked so hard, yet so well together, and if you didn't know how to do anything like I did, then people would take the time to teach you, and they would do it patiently and gently, and it was great, and it was just so great to be with these people this week. So the Lord gave me those kinds of experiences. He gave me experiences with him this week. He gave me some things that where he used me in places that I've never been in before, and I met this one little girl who was maybe about 10, at our VBS that we did, they called it Kids Jam there. And I don't know how I got to talking to her, but it was such a spirit-led moment because I don't remember half of what I told her. But she had never heard of the Bible, she had never seen one, and I've never been in a place like that before. And so I went and I got my Bible and I sat and I talked with her for maybe five to 10 minutes. And about, I told her general things about the word. I told her, of course, I went to Jesus and told her my Bible had red lettering in it. So I told her about that and about the Jesus story because she had never heard it. And so I got to the cross and how Jesus rose again. And she looks at me and she just goes, and she was mesmerized by it all. She asked so many questions. She was so interested at maybe 10. And it was just a highlight of my entire life being able to be used like that and this lady that was there helping us came over when I got done talking to her and asked if this little girl she wanted some a bible and the little girl said yes and wanted it in English so they were going to get her a bible and I got on the bus afterwards and I just cried because I was just in awe of that moment I couldn't believe what God did there I just had the thought in the back of my head of like, who am I that the Lord would use me in such a way and in such a way that I would be able to give this little girl something that could change her life. And so that just blew me away. So the Lord gave me all kinds of experience, so many blessings, learned some hard lessons and things. But this trip, I've told everybody, is probably the best week of my life. And I definitely will not take those words back.
Hi, my name is Anna, and this was also my first mission trip. Um, I didn't know anybody, really. I knew one person, her name's Ashley, and she was the one who invited me. And so I was really, really nervous going into this week. I was afraid that I would kind of be like, not as much a part of the group kind of left out, but that wasn't the case at all. I felt like family from the bus ride. As soon as we got on the bus, everybody was talking to me. We made bracelets together. It was great. My favorite part of the mission trip was the VBS that we held, getting to know these little kids and about their life and their struggles. It does make you appreciate everything so much more and getting to help teach them about God and how he sent his son to die for us is really kind of mind-changing that you, you don't really think of little kids not growing up knowing God. It's, I grew up with Christian parents and for them not to have that base and that foundation is kind of scary almost. And so it really does change your perspective on a lot of things. I did get baptized on the mission trip. I wasn't planning on that really. I didn't know that was something they did on mission trips. Um, Thursday night after worship, I had a really hard conversation with one of the youth leaders about trials that I had in previous months that had affected my relationship with God and how I had kind of fallen out of step in my walk of faith. And I told her that this youth group has helped me so much that if I ever did get baptized, I wanted to do it on a Wednesday night at youth. And I didn't really think much about that sentence after I said it. We went on upstairs, we went to sleep, and the next morning we're on our way to the FCA headquarters, and she pulls me up with her seat on the bus, and she's like, hey, I got to talk to you in private. I was like, oh, okay. And she was like, no, it's nothing bad. Don't worry. I was like, okay. And she was like, do you want to get baptized on this mission trip today? And I was like, my mom would get so mad at me if I got baptized without her here. I was like, probably not, but I want to when we get home. And she was like, okay, yeah, I understand that. So I went back to my seat, and I prayed about it for a few minutes, and it became really heavy on my heart that I needed to get baptized, and I needed to show God that I was ready to rely on him and for him to work more in my life and to just show everybody my profession of faith. We got to FaceTime my mom, so that was good. <laughs> and three other girls got baptized, Holly, Lily, and Maggie, which was great that I kind of took the first step so that they could feel like they could do it too because they're all younger than me. And I know sometimes it's hard to take that step. And it was definitely one of the best days of my life, and it was the best week of my life. So uh, this was my second mission trip, and uh, last year's mission trip for me is something I definitely consider a life-changing experience. Um, my last words about the trip last year were, can't wait for the next one. Uh, the trip to Kansas City opened my eyes to a lot of things, and the feeling of being at a church camp, which you can sometimes get, uh, went away quickly after realizing this was a mission field where not everybody welcomed us with open arms. Uh, one of the tasks in this neighborhood was to host a VBS, and to be honest, I didn't have many expectations considering the location, the 90-plus degree weather, uh, and the fact that our hosting site was an open field with only a blue tarp held down by rocks that you can see in some of these pictures. Uh, but once the VBS started, uh, I watched God go to work, 
and our numbers multiplied uh, all the way from two kids to 14 kids. Uh, a blue tarp in an open field with some water balloons was all God needed to pull these kids in and then it allowed our amazing youth group to just take it from there and teach them about Jesus. Um, our youth group were, was required to prepare their own lessons, activities, snacks, and games for the kids, along with completing all the physical work that they had to do. As usual, they found a way to make it all happen and persevered to teach these kids some stories of Jesus just as good or better than anyone could have done. Um, after the trip, it brought me to the book of Romans in chapter 10, uh, verses 13 through 15. Uh, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? How can they believe in him if they have never heard of him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is what the scriptures say. How beautiful are the messengers who bring good news. Other than the beautiful writing of those verses, something that stands out to me is the exclamation point that follows. There's only one of 395 exclamation points in the New Testament. An exclamation mark is a signal to the reader that a sense is trying to express strong emotion or intensity. Some believe a, big, a biblical exclamation point is another way of representing amen, a Hebrew term that means to be certain, reliable, or sure. Certain, reliable, and sure are three words used to describe the importance of these verses for a reason. Uh, most simply, um, spoken in Mark chapter 16, verse 15, go into go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Uh, from a personal perspective, I've learned that a mission field is not just a camp that we spend a week at every summer, then come home and go back to our lives. A mission field is a training ground to equip us to return to our regular lives and understand the battle is not over, that every time we step outside our doors, we are entering a mission field where we are not always welcome. This past mission experience served its purpose in training me and us for the battles ahead and just like last year, I can't wait for the next one. Hey guys, um, my name is Libby, and I have been on three mission trips. That makes my third one. And so this starts way back before the mission trip actually happened. I was sitting in school one day, and I get a text from Billy that says, Leader Trex wants to take two people and go down to this training. And I'm sitting there thinking, I didn't answer her, first of all. I'm sitting there thinking, why is she texting me? So then I was like, okay, I'll go. And me and Abby went down, and we did leadership training. And there we talked about what makes a good leader. And Abby said, good leaders make good leaders. And that stuck with me, like, through the whole trip. So that was kind of my goal going into it. So we get down there, and I was also on the ramp site with Carson and a bunch of others. And there was this ramp, and we, there was no way you could get up there, especially not somebody who's disabled. And they give, what, 20 kids a chop saw and some screws, and they say, build this deck, build this ramp. And we're like, oh, my goodness. But, see, I just got to watch. I didn't know how to use a chop saw, but others did. And I got to watch people like Carson and some of the other guys who knew how to use all this stuff teach others. And then those other people, they taught others too. And that's when I was like, wow, good leaders make good leaders. And that was the goal for the end of the trip. And obviously, we built a ramp. And it didn't go very smooth. It snapped in half at one point. And 
we saw God moving because when it snapped in half, we didn't quit. We didn't get flustered. Everybody worked together, and we knew why we were working. We were working to show God's love. Like, we weren't working just to build this ramp. Anybody could build a ramp. But when you do it with the intention of showing God's love, it's just different. And so then we went and we hosted a VBS, or a kids jam as they called it. And I got to watch these good leaders that were made pour into those kids. And those kids are going to be good leaders. And it's insane. Down there, I mean, we're not going to be in Kansas forever. So somebody has to take over. And those kids, they don't live in the best neighborhoods. And watching them spread the gospel is exactly why we went. It's what we call, we're called to do. And so then my leadership team and I, we hosted the rest of the week. And we all went in a little nervous. And we were like, there's no way this is going to work. Because it was all student-led. So we relied on each other. So we got closer. And it was an awesome week. And... I'm so thankful for the work that the leadership team did because they're all leaving me here soon. I'm just a sophomore. They're all juniors and seniors. So I'm thankful that they worked and made other good leaders so we can continue to grow our youth group and spread the gospel to others. Um, I want to start out by saying that I'm thankful for Libby and the leadership team um, for making this trip so good. Um, but my name is Abigail. Um, I've been on 10 mission trips total, and each one of them has changed me for the better in some way. Um, this trip helped me become a better leader. Like Libby said, we went to Chicago for a training, and it really made me grasp what a leader should really look like. And we had a lot of good leaders in our group, but I realized we didn't always put them in the right positions to flourish. And, you know, this trip was incredibly awesome, but it came with its challenges. Um, and these challenges helped our leaders become better leaders. But most importantly, the challenges pushed other people in the group to step up and become leaders. If you're being a good leader, you're really working yourself out of a job. Um, and, you know, you want all the people around you to grow in their faith and walk in their God-given purpose. Um, you know, our group is always close, which is surprising to a lot of people because we are so big. But I feel like we got closer this week because um, we had to depend on each other so much because it was student-led, and we couldn't just run to adults. We had to depend on each other. And so it strengthened their dynamic for sure. Um, and you know, God, he was definitely present in everything that we did. But seeing our group and the people we encountered grow in Christ means more to me than any VBS we could ever run and any walls we could ever paint or ramp we could build. Um, but, you know, I said that this mission trip made me a better leader, but it also impacted my personal relationship with God. Because before this trip, I, I was asking God for all these answers for things. You know, I went into the trip seeking answers. But you know what? Sometimes I don't need to know all the answers, and that trip really just made me realize that God has me, and he has me in this next chapter of my life, and he has this group in the next chapter, and I am so thankful for every single person in that group, um, and I can't wait to cheer them on from wherever I end up in life and wherever they all end up in life. How awesome is that? We'll get you a come on. 
Yeah, come on up. I'm gonna make Billy talk this time. She, this is a surprise for her for not clapping earlier. <laughs> she'll clap. I go home, she'll clap, right? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe she'll slap, I don't know. <laughs> but we got an awesome group, and you can see that. And, you, and, and here's, here's something uh, I wanna share real quick, is uh, three things. Uh, number one, Henry McNamee is probably the funniest person I know. Amen. <laughs> number two, they're going to turn this world upside down. And number three, they love each other unlike anything I've ever seen. And so we were working on the ramp. I was on that site for a little while, and, and Billy's going to talk about some of the other things. But I was on the ramp, and, and so it was a 54-foot ramp, right? And, and, and so you had to, like, everything that could be in the way was in the way. We were hooking it to a porch that I don't know could even, like, we had to make the ramp stand by itself. And, and, and so they had to overcome all these things. And so as the other groups were driving in for VBS, jump, jump, jump. that was the last group. So Don't you all wish at work that you had people cheering you on like that? <laughs> I mean, would your workplaces not be better if that's just how you acted about everything? No. But that was just a small picture of, of really the whole thing. And, and as the bus was pulling in, they were cheering because they could see it finished. Uh, and whenever they left that morning, it was just a skeleton. And, and, so, uh, and, and so there's that. And, and so we built that ramp. Um, Josh's crew with Joe and them, they did like 45 projects, felt like. Uh, they, they, they would clean yards, they, the sidewalk had dirt over it and stuff, and they would clean those, they painted, they finished a project the team before us couldn't finish. Uh, they did all those things, and then your group was at a Hispanic church. And we painted, we painted for two days, and we're almost finished at lunch when they said, it's the wrong color, you have to start over. Right. So That's we how had, said too. Um, supposed to be a four-day project, so on day two, they, we realized that we had painted it all the wrong color, so we had to start over, but no one was like, we were so, it was just awesome to see the kids be like, what's next? So, okay, what do we do from here? How do we get the right thing and go? And, you know, I wish we could sit and tell you a story about every person who's on the trip. Like, we are mixed up 7th through 12th grade, but you would never know that, mm -hmm. the way they interact with each other, teach. And, you know, everywhere we go, people understand the dynamic of our group. They say you can't be effective with a group that size. This company actually had never taken a group our size before. Normally, they don't let more than 30 come. And then one of their leaders came to youth group and decided we could come just after being present for an hour on a Wednesday night. And normally, whenever they take you as a first-time group, they start you in on an entry level we dove in the deep end they just put us uh, on the full adventure and so they ask a lot of questions um kind of like what's next yeah and, and so part of the design is for them to learn how to problem solve along the way and so whenever you get through something you say okay now what and they say i don't know you tell me now what's next you know like they would be cooking what pan do we need i don't know what pan do you need 
And, and I do have to share, you know, on the way home, there was a lot of singing, and they like to sing the song about you can't get to heaven with. And I'm pretty sure it was Henry that said, you can't get to heaven with leader tricks. They'll just ask what's supposed to happen next. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it was a great trip, and I wish we could tell you, you know, watch people step into leadership roles like that didn't speak here today. You know, we moved into our neighborhood about 10 years ago, and Josh was little, and he, you know, one of the things I remember telling Chris is Josh makes sure nobody's ever left out. Mm -hmm. And to watch him grow into this trip and them, him and Carson and the other boys take on these younger boys and make sure they were taken care of, that they know like in a year they're not gonna be here and someone's gonna step into their role because it doesn't stop. And this isn't like Abby said, you work yourself out a job, Chris and I aren't gonna do this forever someone else is going to step into this spot. And in the world, they have what the world's missing. We have all these platforms to fix the world, but really we just need to love each other better. Mm -hmm. They just love each other good, support each other, cheer each other on. And that one video was a week-long process of just cheering each other on. Mm -hmm. And Chris is going to tell you a few more detailed things, but really well, I wish One of the things the boys were against was shower time. So like they have one shower. Yeah, we had to shower at an aquatic center. It's, so it's either one shower or 30 together, however you wanted to do it. <laughs> like you remember if you went to college when I did, right? Well, Just one room, 20 So it became the spigots. amazing race of who could get done first. I think that like the boys <laughs> was timing each other to see if you could get out. And one of them come out like a minute, 20 seconds. I'm like, no, I'm calling no on that. Go back. <laughs> <laughs> It was Jesse Baird, and he had soap dripping off of him. Yeah, he still had apparently. soap on him. I'm like, I'm going to say, no, <laughs> go back. Um, so, like, you're in my room. But it was a great week, and just thank you as a church for supporting that and positioning us to be able to go do those things. Yeah, and so we've been against the odds on this thing, like, uh, with everything. And so this wouldn't be possible um, without this group of adults. Um, these are the ones, I mean, like... Uh, just an amazing unfolding of, of, of how this happened. Uh, and, and, and so it's easy for me to throw a blanket over. I'm going to put a dart in something. I'm going to try to. If you know our Caden, he's very competitive. He likes to be first and the best and do it all himself. We can say that because he's ours. And to watch him step into a leadership on, role on this trip because of someone else. Brennan has taken him under his wing over the past few years. And, and you know, so like as a pastor, and, and some of you guys maybe can feel this, as, as that, like, like sometimes your kids are not ever first. You know, like you intentionally don't pick them and you intentionally are with other people more than you are with your own. But Brennan has taken Caden under his wing, and, and Caden loves him more than anything. And you can see the fruits starting to come from that. And Brennan's making a difference in his life. And not just uh, as, as a friendship grows, but, but, he, but as he's becoming a man. And not just a man, but a man of God. And it's a lot because of the things that Brennan does. And, and that's one story. I can say that from personal uh, I, that, that's what's happening at my house because of these adults that are pouring in and not just on this trip but on Wednesday night too uh, during, during youth group but it wouldn't be possible without them and, and I got to say thank you um, for them
We had a student leadership team. You heard a couple of them reference that. There was nine kids. I call them kids, man. They were better than that, right? Um, they, they planned and, and they helped plan and execute everything on this trip. Each of them had four or five students that was under them, and they would text and make sure, are you make sure you got this, make sure you got your water bottle. You know, Chris and Billy needs all the paperwork. You know, all these things, and they would make sure all that. When we got on the bus, they'd make sure their four or five were there. And, and so uh, on the job site, they were the leaders on the job site. And, uh, and so they really were kind of the, the backbone of this entire trip, those nine kids. Then there was two who were kind of the heart of it. And as Livy said, many months ago, we went to Chicago and met with leader tracks in this room full of other teams that are going all over the country, all over the world, really, um, to do it. And, and like all those teams had walked in through this process and, and, and learned how to do things along the way, and we just jumped in the end. And so they were learning the process as they were planning the trip. And not only did they do a great job, but they blazed a trail for other teams to be able to do things that they'd never thought of in a way. And so we spent a weekend in Chicago and we've got a chart up in my room that's half the size of this thing that's got everybody's name on it that went on the trip and some strengths and some prayer requests and some different things for them. And they put them in different groups and, uh, and, and those kind of things. We spent a whole weekend working on that. And so those two really were the drivers of it all. Um, you know, Libby wouldn't tell you this, but we usually our leadership teams are made up of juniors and seniors. Libby is the first sophomore ever in the history of youth group with Chris that has ever been asked to be on a leader because she is a leader. If you've seen her on any team that she participates on, she's cheering the loudest for other people. And like, I don't know about you, but I want people on my team that are cheering loud. Um, and you heard Abigail say she'd been on 10 mission trips and most of her products, she ain't that old. <laughs> We started at seven, taking her on mission trips and expecting her to be a big girl like everybody else. Mm -hmm. um, she didn't say this, but this is her last mission trip as a student. And so um, they led wonderfully. Um, at the end of the night, Leader Treks does something called encouragement beads. And each student takes a bead, compassion, leadership, service, or risk taking, and gives it out to other people. And I wish you could have heard the compassion beads that Carson got, the leadership beads that Josh got, the risk-taking beads that Carson's sister Maddie got. I just wish you could have been, there's no way to reach out and touch those moments, mm -hmm. but there are moments that live with you and just go on and on. So these young people really are going to flip the world upside down. Quick leadership lesson, right? So like leaders aren't always appointed. They don't always have a title. They don't have a desk or an office most of the time. If you go to the school, right? Some of you guys are at school, right? Who runs the school? Most time it ain't the principal, it's the secretary, right? You need something, you get in with them. And, and so that's just how that works, right? So like you hear, if I was, you know, if we had somebody that's over maintenance, right? Uh, and, and their job was to make sure everything worked. But, but, it, but if, if we were getting ready to leave and Mike started picking up cups and somebody else saw him, so they started picking up cups. Somebody else saw them, so they started picking. Who's the leader, right? And so leaders are made. Like, they just, they just happen organically. And, and, and I see that. Like, I look, and like a lot of people say, oh, this generation, 
Like, listen, I'm not worried. They're on fire. And it's going to be different because of the things that they've done and that they're doing things that, that they're stepping into to, to places that a lot of people don't step into. I see them having gospel conversations. When's the last time you've told somebody about Jesus? Right? They're doing it all the time. Like They're not afraid. Uh, everywhere we went, like at FCA, we went to the National FCA headquarters by fluke. We just ended up there one day. And uh, they give us a tour and everything. They said, we've never seen a group this bold. The, the leader tracks people said, we've never seen a group willing to step up and to tell somebody about Jesus. It doesn't matter who it is. It's not even the one that's leading it. It's just anybody. Whoever's around will just do it. And, and so know that things like the schools are going to be different. There's homes that are going to be different. There's things that are going to be different because of what God is doing in and through them. Got a video I want to show you. It's a bunch of pictures from our trip. Um, take a look.
In Matthew 28, in Jesus' last demanding mandate, he says, go, make disciples. He didn't say, go get them, bring them back to church, let me tell them all about it. He said, you go, you make disciples. And there's mission opportunities in Kansas City. But there's mission opportunities here in Pikeville. There's mission opportunities um, anywhere you live. There's, maybe it's even in your home. There's mission opportunities. And when I say mission, I'm not just talking about building a ramp. I'm talking about taking the gospel. He says, go and make disciples. And if, if it's for you to go and tell somebody about Jesus that makes you have to build a ramp, go build a ramp. Tell them about Jesus. Uh, because we're at war. We're at war for the hearts, the lives, and the souls of people. Uh, not just in Kansas City, but here. In our schools. In our communities, in our families, in our homes. So Jesus, and the last thing he told, he, like if he, if he stuck his head back in the door and said, "Don't forget," he says, "Go." And I don't care where you go, go to work, go to school, go somewhere and tell somebody about Jesus. In Acts one, it says, "I'm sending you to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the end of the earth." Right? And, and so the Chris Bartley version of that said, "I'm going to tell you go, go to your house." Go to Pikeville. Go to Eastern Kentucky. Go to the world, you know. Like, like, so it starts here. And I think about our church. What are we doing here? Well, we're having vacation Bible school. There's never been a better mission opportunity come knocking on your door than for you to be a part of this vacation Bible school. Whether you 
pick up a neighbor's kid and bring them and drop them off or whether you come and help with help Courtney with food or whatever it is like you've never had a better mission opportunity just dumped in your lap than, than this coming week think about our boxing gym the new building I think about the opportunities that are going to happen over there I think about faith life market and the things that are already happening in there that's our Jerusalem I mean we're doing it right and so you think about Eastern Kentucky, I think about the things Jared is doing with Together for the Mountains and how he's bringing churches together, churches that, that normally, yeah, like, there's nobody that, that, that pushes against each other more than churches, right? <laughs> uh, but he's bringing them together and they're having meetings to figure out how can we make this place better. And wherever this place is, whether that's Breathitt County, whether that's here, no matter where that's at, that's what our church is part of. We're doing those things. And, and, and so... We, we, we're, we're making a difference. I think about in our country. You know, our kids just went to Kansas City. They went to Jacksonville. They've done these things. They're going. I think about in our world, Montana just went to Dominican Republic on a mission trip. And, and so we're doing it now. We've got to jump in that stream and, and go. I'm going to end with this. I'm going to ask our praise team to come up. Tell somebody about Jesus. Tell somebody about you. Go. I don't care where you go. Because like I say, we are at war. And we're at war for each other. We're at war for the hearts, the lives, the souls of our friends, of our neighbors, and our family. And, and, and just like one of them said, I think it was Carson, like if, if, no matter what else we do, we can give them the world. We can give them the best car. We can give them whatever we, we can. If we don't give them Jesus, we have failed. Go.